Hello and welcome to Paranormal Hotline. Here at Paranormal Hotline, things are starting to slide into the even spookier. Someone draws near, Halloween is just around the corner, the veil between worlds is thinning. Paranormal Hotline is a weekly podcast where we discuss the strange and unusual, the paranormal and peculiar, aliens and the aberrant. Welcome, come in and let your ears enjoy. My name is Oshin and I'm joined by my co-host, Kaylee. Hello. Kaylee, how are you? I'm very good. How are you, Oshin? I, I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, I cannot really be complaining. The weather is horrific, but uh, ni- ni- nice and settled indoors. Yeah, it's freezing. Plus, I I lit the fire for the first time today, so <laughs> you'd want to. I think I was chilling out in front of the fire, trying to trying to get my soaked pants dry. Yeah, in the last like week, I think the temperature has really just dropped off. It's crazy. I mean, it was like thirty degrees like a week ago, and then suddenly it's like ten degrees outside. We went to see the nun the other day. Nun two. Um, I'm not going to do any spoiling on it. It was good though. I enjoyed it, except for how it was like interrupted throughout by a techno soundtrack there was like <laughs> an open air gig next door to the cinema yeah and throughout like you know there'd be like a high like a quiet moment setting up a jump scare and then just in the background they'd be like <laughs> it's like the worst kind of movie to watch with that b- background i don't know if it was the worst though or the best like horror movies always have those quiet moments but it was kind of funny <laughs> this yeah. just techno music in the background <laughs> and the, the nun like being creepy <laughs> There was a scene where it was just like an establishing shot of wherever, like the building that they're in from, yeah. like, you know, a long shot. And you can just hear in the background, like muffled techno. And I was like, <laughs> ah, yes, the rave is on. They're having a rave in the Catholic church. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about last week's episode and St. Germain and how he just popped up through history every now and again. Yeah. And it was reminding me of we, me and my girlfriend. We were in Dublin. And we were walking on the street and we were just as we like we came over the Hapney Bridge and I swear to God, I saw a man and he looked like a young Tim Curry. Oh my god. And it's like that's him like captured in time. I know like Tim Curry's still on the go. So yeah. it's like there's two, maybe. I don't know. It was like Command and Conquer, Red Alert Three Era Tim Curry. Oh. Maybe it was like yeah. maybe it's like, you know, um in the Britney Spears episode, the way they had clones of Britney yeah, Spears. Yeah. I wonder if they can like transfer their consciousness into like a oh, younger maybe. clone of themselves. Yeah, it was it was it was peculiar because he did look the spit, and because like the two of us, we said it to each other, kind of in that moment, is there like that man looked like Tim Curry? I was about to say that man looked like Tim Curry, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was a bit weird. Um. What else? Oh yeah, I was going to say about the nun. Is there like we, I sped run watching the Conjuring films and the other nun movie, like to catch up to be watching this one in the cinema. Yeah. And after the, watching The Conjuring, I had to be reminded that I don't really like Ed and Lorraine Warren in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Many people don't. Yeah. Um, no, I don't hate him, but like, it's just, you know, I don't adore him like I do in the, watching him in the movie. Yeah. They're very much portrayed as like these like superheroes, basically, in the movie. They're coming in to save the day. Absolutely. Is there anything they can't do? Yeah. No. No, <laughs> I won't go off on that tangent again. <laughs> you just need an episode where you can just rant about Ed and Lorraine Warren at some stage. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, we'll do a do's and don'ts of paranormal investigations. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do one where I'm gonna like I can quantify how actually to perform an exorcism. But I find it funny because I definitely can't perform one. I don't think I have like the prerequisites. Also, because I'm you're not, not religious. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like you at least need to believe in exorcisms in order to perform one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was baptized. We could theatrically, perform an exorcism. Okay, yes, we could theatrically, could yeah, simulate. Yeah. One. yeah, yeah. Anyway, to 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 start go- getting in the direction of today's episode. Um. Between 1937-1938, in Ireland, the National Folklore Commission, they ran the project called the Schools Collection. And in the 30s, they got pupils from 5,000 primary schools across the country. They went home and they asked their folks, their parents, their grandparents, people in the area, kind of about the local folklore of their their little areas. Yeah. 288,000 pages were collected from the students, all handwritten. And essentially it covers this oral history that would have been lost to time if they didn't collect it from, you know, people just getting old and dying, covering like folktales, legends, and kind of what they'd be up to, games and pastimes and just all sorts of little places. Then it was all, you know, collected and volumized. So there's over half a million pages in 1,128 volumes. We've covered it before. Uh, I'm just giving a little reminder here on it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably one of the best things that's, that they have done for Irish heritage in recent yeah. years. Yeah. It's insane. Just so much stuff that honestly would have been lost entirely to time if they hadn't collected it when they did. Yeah. I mean, it's great that they did it in the 30s. Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, and seriously, like, forward planning. And, like, in modern times, there's uh, called the Ducas Project, which is an initiative, and they're digitizing, essentially, the entire folklore collection. And ma- yeah, it's it great. publicly available for free. Now, to listeners of the podcast, it should be no secret at this point that I love folklore of all shapes, sizes, and cultures. Uh, and if you're new to the podcast, it's not a secret, I'm telling you now. So here we are again, Cass and I, into the records of the National Folklore Collection. I've got some spooky ones with ghosts and strange occurrences and fairies, because all those things are pretty much the same sort of boat in Ireland. There's some witch stories here too. Last time when we looked at the collection, I aimed it specifically at records from a local school near where I live. And this time, I've widened up my gaze and we're grabbing stories here and there from across the entire country. So this is like a pre-October warm-up to Halloween. So it's a bit spooky. I don't think it's like, I'm I'm not leaving it super early. I'm not taking the piss like shops who like start advertising Christmas in September. Boo. Boo. (laughs) Down with that. I'm such a like... Like, I contradict myself because I'm like, I hate when they put Christmas stuff up early, but the sooner they put Halloween stuff up, the better. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halloween I mean, in July, yes, please. We're just going to be reasonable. We're going to slowly break into it. This is like the second last week of September. In in that spirit, we're going to do a collection of stories from way, way back, as they were told to kids in the 30s. Uh, and I can only presume that the storytellers themselves are long gone. Without further ado, let's get in. This one is called The Witch Hare. It was collected in Clifton, County Galway. Long ago, there was a student from Ballinahinch in France studying for the priesthood. The year before his ordination, he was home at his native place. He was always a keen sportsman and his people were ever proud to have a fine hound. About this time, there was a lot of talk about a white hare that was often seen on the slopes of 12 pins in the direction of Mam Valley. It was said that this hare used to suck the cows and many times the cows belonging to the poor people of the district would come home in the evening and would not have a drop of milk. Some women also complained that the milk would produce no butter and they said that the white hare was surely a witch. The student heard all this talk and he said that he would chase the white hare. Some old people in the place said that it was often chased, 
but got away safely from all the hounds and said that there was no hound that could catch it except an all-black hound. The student inquired around the neighbourhood and at last discovered an all-black hound near Otterard. It was a fine May morning when this lively young man set out with his all-black hound to chase and kill the white hare on the hillside near Ballinahinch. After a short time, up gets the hare in a rushy curra and headed for a valley in the mountains. The chase was very thrilling, but the student had a very good view and had high hope that the black hound would succeed. Among the rocks and round the lakes, the hare kept her distance and for over an hour it seemed that the hound would be baffled. But still the hare was not able to get out into the open mountains. The student saw that the hare was ever trying to escape in one direction and he kept on that side. At long last, the hare headed for a small stream that tumbled down the rugged slope and the hound, still in good running form, came in close pursuit. The student saw a little hut or cabin in the distance and in a few moments the hound, hare and huntsman were just beside the hut. After a few clever turns, the hound was within biting distance of the hare and just as the hound was springing to bite, the hare made one jump in a little opening that acted as a window. The student rushed to the door, which is small and stuffed with header tied in a bundle, and to his great surprise saw an old woman sitting at a spinning wheel and working away as if nothing had happened. He questioned her sternly as to whether she saw a hare coming in and she denied that that was so. He looked around the cabin, which was made of bog sods, and could see no place where the hare could hide. At last, a little vexed, he walked over to the woman and pulled her off the stool, thinking she might have the hair hidden beside her. To his great amazement, he saw a pool of blood on the floor, and at once it struck him that the old woman was bleeding. She seemed to be out of breath. After a few threats, she admitted she was bleeding, and she had been bitten by the hound, and that she was the white hare that used to suck the cows. She promised to give up her evil ways, and she did. The woman was well known before this event. She lived alone in the hut and was never suspected of doing anything wrong. Here now. That's wild. It's funny because I was only watching a video recently, uh, a breakdown video of, you know, the movie The Witch or The Vivitch. Yes. <laughs> the Vivitch, yeah. The Vivitch. And <laughs> in that movie, because it's all based on like collections of stories and stuff, the witch turns into a hare. It's like seen yes. at the start of the movie. And the goats, I think it's goats that they have, they start... Yes their milk starts turning into blood when yeah. they're milking them. So that it's, fil- it's very similar to that story. I love that film so much. Oh, it's so good. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's very good. Also, while we're in Galway, uh, there, there was this one entry um, from uh, Clone Luan, County Galway. This isn't supernatural, but maybe it is. It's just like a, a boast, and it's like one line, and it just says, the local blacksmith, Jim Walsh, says when he was in America, he carried 700 weight up a ladder on his back to the top of a nine-story building. Just want to give a shout out to Jim Walsh, being a strong man. <laughs> Some man. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> further, further, like that's five hundred. I love that uh, that uh, made it into the folklore collection. Like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's three hundred and fifty-five and a half kilograms. What? Up a ladder? Surely the ladder would collapse. <laughs> like a, wo- it was probably a wooden ladder as well. <laughs> Just You'd on need his a back. crane. On his back. <laughs> This man built the pyramids himself <laughs> by hand in a weekend. I just love it's like when he was in America. It's like you know, um, oh yeah, that's my girlfriend. Sorry, no, you wouldn't know her. She she goes to school somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, she's Canadian. She's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Anyway, um, for reals, then in, in Clune Lawn, County Galway, there's an entry called the Fairy Dance. There was a man living in Cluan once named Geoffrey Hino. One night, he was coming home from a fair in Clifton. He was drunk and he began to fight. Go on, lad. Here we go. These are the best stories. <laughs> the RIC put him into the barrack. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> they let him out late in the night. When he was coming in at Nook Nara, he saw a house far away from him. When he came near the house, he saw a light in it. He heard music playing in the house. 
He knew there was a dance in it. Wait, he just saw a house with lights and was like, surely people are dancing. Oh, yeah, the, the, as in, like, there's a dance going on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? This is the opposite of, like, Gone you know, the days. Th- three men come home from a dance. Like, this is a man going to the dance. Going to a random-ass dance in the middle yeah. of nowhere. Yeah. I suppose, like, when you're drunk, you just hear music and you're like, oh, <laughs> away I go. Just got out of the barracks, lads. I'm a free man. <laughs> He was lucky to be alive. (laughs) Then he went into the house. He saw a crowd of people in it. He sat down. He was not long sitting when a man came and sat down beside him. The man told him not to eat anything that would be offered to him. There was food and drink offered to him, but he did not take any of them. The man told him not to dance, or if he would, he would never stop. Is that a threat or a promise, though? I know, yeah. What, what is that? I think it's good advice, really, in Ireland. Like, what are you going to do when, one, not Wonderwall, uh, Miss, uh, Mr. Brightside comes Mr. on Brightside. and you're told not to dance? <laughs> well, he's already after coming out of his cage. He's, like, twitching, sitting in a chair. Like, <laughs> he knew the man's face, but he couldn't remember his name. After a while, the man told him that it was time for him to go home. The man went out along with him when he was going home. He asked him, did he notice anything wrong with the dance? The man told him never to tell anyone what happened to him or he would be sorry for it. When he went home, he told everyone. After that, when he was going to Clifton with Lady Salmon, he told them the story. He was pointing to the place where he saw the house. He said to Lady Salmon, that's where I saw the house. He got paralyzed and Lady Salmon had to bring him home in his cart again. He lived long after, but never did any good. He, so he survived He survived but he was paralysed Oh right sorry I missed that part Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> I like how just, like, they just end Yeah the that story, was a bit They end abrupt. on like one liner They say that though um, When a person gets like You know back in the day or whatever Somebody was paralysed in Ireland Or you know Became mentally ill That they were away with the fairies That they had been body swapped You know Yeah yeah So I assume that's what they're getting at there That he had been swapped oh, yeah. with a fairy Probably and that the paralyzed person was not him. <laughs> Maybe. Because that was a story we read before where somebody ate, I think, food or something at a party and they ended up getting trapped with the fairies forever. Yeah, that's like, that was the advice the man was giving him. You know, not don't take anything off him. Don't take any drinks that you're yeah. offered. It's very spirited away, like, yeah. logic. It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's also kind of funny because in Ireland, wherever you go, you'll be offered. Like, if you're going to a family thing, you'll be almost hounded for, like, do you want a cup of tea? Oh, can I get you a drink? Oh, yeah. Are you And then you're also getting this advice of just say no, like, you know, you just tell them no. <laughs> don't, don't. Does that exist just so, like, everyone can feel grand for, like, offering you stuff, but then in the back of their heads, no, you're never going to accept it. So they don't have to give it away. Maybe. If you're enjoying the podcast, think about helping us out by checking out our Patreon. We're an independent podcast, so we don't get funding from anywhere else. A small amount from each patron really does help us keep at the cost of running the podcast, manage our equipment, and keep the lights on, metaphorically speaking. It all adds up and helps. If you're not in a position to support us that way, you can help us out for free by rating the podcast wherever you listen to it, and by letting other people know about it. So whatever way you support us, thank you. And if you enjoy listening, thank you also. Bit more local now, we're going to Turinina, County Waterford. Stories down as the supernatural. Is it about soup? No soup. Ah, You had that soup, you know, for to turn people into Protestants. <laughs> oh my god, what? Yeah. Back in the famine. They set up the... Oh yeah, you're actually right, yeah. Communal soup, soup houses. Soup houses. And you could only take it if you switched religion. You religions. converted. That's, that's where, wild. That's where yeah. we get the phrase of taking the soup. I've never heard that phrase before. You never heard that? No, never. You know, if you're turning your back or you're kind of betraying something, oh, you took the soup. We have a load of funny things like that. Like, uh, chancing your arm comes from that mm. story about a guy who was feuding with somebody and then 
they came to an agreement, but he had to stick his arm through a door to shake hands, <laughs> and it was like he was chancing his arm because they could have cut it off. Yeah. And we still use that today. Like, I'm pretty sure yeah. we use it on the podcast, and Americans have no idea what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. But there you go, you know. The answer Chancing is now. your arm is like, I'm, ch- I'm taking a chance. Long ago, a man was going for the priest. When he was passing the chapel, a black pig came out over the fence and followed him. He bit the horse on the leg. The horse gallops off, but the pig followed him. When he went to the priest's house, the pig vanished. When the priest went to the house, the woman was dead. When the priest was coming home, he met the black pig. He ran out under the motor and stopped it. The priest tried to put it going, but he couldn't. The pig After- stopped the car? Yeah, I think the pig was knocked down, but it stopped. Like, stopped Fuck the car. Fucking you know. <laughs> After a while, he put it going, but when he went home, the glass was gone out of the car and the wheels were punctured. The glass, like the windows were gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the hit pig, this pig and then it smashed his windows yeah. in? The pig was seen <laughs> every night from that not, that night up. What? I don't yeah. think I've ever seen a black pig before. <laughs> so there's a, there's a bit to unpack here from the, even the start. So like, a man was going for the priest means someone is is, is dying, you know? Yeah. You get the priest to read the last rites yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So because the pri- because the the pig, giving him grief, he got to the priest late, and by the time the priest got to the house, the woman was dead. Is this pre- pig, is the pig Satan? We you know black goat, black pig. He harasses a priest. If it's, if it's black, it just sounds like it keeps getting hit by cars, and it's just extremely it's just, it's in the dark like this. <laughs> it's just a running speed bump at that stage. I mean, That's he, wild. He he stops the car. Yeah, must have been a hell of a pig. Yeah, I've never heard of Satan appearing as a pig before, so that's interesting. No, I mean that's my take on it. Oh, take right, that right. with a pinch of salt. Like I, mm. some child in the 1930s wasn't like, mm. Mm, I surmise that the pig was Satan. Yeah, <laughs> could have been anything. That's what could have been anything. I, I love that it smashed the priest's windows. <laughs> that's what I would do. Delinquent pig. So, <laughs> also from Tornanina, story that's down here as a ghost cock. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> No, I mean, it'll become obvious now. Long okay. ago, there was a great many stories about about ghosts. Once a man and a woman lived in a cottage, and they had a little child. Inside, upon the roof of the kitchen, they kept the hens at night. Wait, what? They kept the hens on the roof of the kitchen? Yeah, inside. Like, guys, what? In the eaves of the house, I presume, like up in the, the rafters. like. Okay. That's uh, weird. One night, at about 10 o'clock, the cock began crowing and jumping around the kitchen. After a while, the man told the woman to catch the cock and put it under the pot so he wouldn't wake the child. While the woman was putting the cock under the pot, the man went out to see if there was anything wrong outside. When he came to the cow house, he found all the cows stretched out dead. Oh, Jesus! As the man was coming in to tell the woman what had happened outside, he saw his coffin across the room before him. About two hours later after he came in, he sat on a chair and died. What? But how does he, how do people know that he saw the coffin then? It is said that if the cock was not put under the pot, neither of those things would have happened. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, but was the cock warning. still there? Yeah, under the pot. Yeah, but it's not a ghost cock then, is it? Actually, no. It's just like a voodoo it. cock or something. <laughs> this this child has has mis, mis wrote this. I think it's just like you know a, a supernatural maybe the, story. Maybe the cock like is like ghost. still seen around there or something. Could or be, people could still be, yeah. hear it or something. <laughs> There's a ghost somewhere anyway. Maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Let that be a warning anyway, or something. Don't put... <laughs> Didn't that happen in Moana, though? Didn't they, like, shove the bird into the 
the bottom of the boat because it was being a little bitch. Oh yeah, then Maui <laughs> saw saw a coffin across the, the boat. Yeah. <laughs> And then Maui died in a chair an hour later. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, what a, so what this, a weird story. <laughs> it, was a, it is weird. So, still in Waterford, in Clashmore, there's an entry called On Witches. That's some witch info for you. There was a witch over in Pilltown who lived in a small house on top of a cliff. One night, a woman was walking along the road. The witch came out of the house and put a stick across the woman's eyes. She brought her down to the sea and drowned her. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know what makes you a witch for that. Maybe she was already known to be a witch, but that's just murder. That's just straight up murder. Yeah. Um. But now, hang on now. Again, maybe just murder, but name drop here. There was another witch around here called Petticoat Loose. Oh, yeah. We covered Petticoat Loose before <laughs> on the podcast. Friend, ah, I love her friend, so much. Friend of the podcast. Petticoat the broadcast. No. There was a time before you get into the story that I went camping up where Petticoat Loose is supposed to be seen. Mm. And she was supposed to be like I picture when I picture Petticoat Loose, I picture Luisa from uh Decanto because okay. she used to carry around a two ton handbag, like <laughs> yeah. her ghost does, and apparently she like will just crush you to death with it. And we were camping <laughs> up in the woods and it's also supposed to be an area where werewolves are seen. And I was really, really drunk in this tent in the middle of the night and I was like so scared she was just gonna come over and crush me in the tent with a <laughs> two-ton handbag <laughs> i was terrified of betty goat loose <laughs> i had night vision goggles i was sitting out in my camping chair looking around for her making sure she didn't creep up on us <laughs> yeah petticoat loose on the trail cam <laughs> yeah. just picture her like sprinting full fucking steam ahead at us <laughs> coming down this mountain you just see trees falling in the distance like poof, 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 poof. <laughs> she's running down with her two-ton handbag there was another witch around here called Petticoat Loose she used to kill the people one night a man was going along the road with a horse and cart she asked him for a drive and he gave it to her when she was in the cart she took out a knife and stuck it in him then she said put and stick it in me again if he had done what? so she would kill him then she was put out in the sea making straw ropes out of the sand I don't know. Making straw ropes out of sand? Yes. Did you know that you could transmute sand into textile ropes? Well, I didn't. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. Why did they kill her? <laughs> she was a real person, though. She was actually mm. a real person. Uh, yeah. She was just like this really broad, really strong woman. <laughs> Must be. And they were like, she's a witch. <laughs> yeah. I think she did kill her husband or something, though. She. <laughs> we should cover that actually properly on the podcast. Maybe mm. we should go up to the mountain and record the episode up there. We should. <laughs> we should. We die halfway through again, crushed to death. This one recorded uh, was written down in Koshmar and Koshbride, County Waterford, but it's called Aglish Capaquin, County Waterford story. So it's a report from there. Long ago, there was a witch, and she used to milk all the cows. One morning, a farmer went out for the cows and found her milking them. When he went home, she was at his house before him, and she was sitting in the corner, and she was turned into a black dog. What? See, I don't know. Like, there, there's missing some information here. I think. How do they know yeah. that it's just these are the same person? It's not just like there is a witch, and then the same witch. That's that dog. <laughs> it confuses yeah. me, Kaylee. You know? That's a bit confusing, right? <laughs> I don't know. Witches just turn into any animal. Apparently, there's there's pigs, do. there's dogs, there's cocks, there's horses. The pig <laughs> is still my favorite, though. From the same area, we have another story. It goes. 
Long ago, a man and a woman were living in a house. They had one child and every night when they used to go to bed, the child used to start crying. They'd get no good of her, so on the next night they stayed and she was just as bad. She did not appear to be ill in any way. Then one night they took her outside the door and she was so glad that she started laughing. Next day, the man went to a witch to ask her what was in the house and she told him that the dead were going through the house. What? That's it? That's the end of the that, story? That's the end of the story. Like, But that's like, oh, we need to find out about the house. We'll get the witch. <laughs> that's a, Yeah, that's a bit weird. Because we have like... <laughs> It's funny in Ireland because we have two different things. We have witches in like the traditional sense, like the evil devil, you know, sold their soul to the devil type witch. And then we have the kind that were just hated by the Catholic Church that were more commonly known as like Banfasa. Like you have Biddy Early and stuff who had remedies and they were also known as witches, but they weren't like witches in a pointy hat, killing children kind of way. They were very much like, oh, your kid's sick. Here's what's wrong. But... I mean, that sounds like a bit early story where she'd just woman. be like, yeah, the dead are walking through your house. Yeah. Here, eat this soup for three nights in a row at this time exactly and it'll be cured. <laughs> you yeah. know? Mm. That is wild though. Just the dead are walking through like a march <laughs> going through your house. Claim. It's like, how do you solve that problem? Yeah. How do you reroute them? Go somewhere else. Yeah. I'm also like... They, went, they got the witch before they got the priest. That was also very common, though, because yeah. priests would just tell you to do the rosary. The rosary was going around like the fan belt. <laughs> I've never heard that before. No, that's that's good, good, though. I'm going to use that. Uh, I like that one, yeah. Okay, this one is, this is wild. It's a bit silly. So these are stories about fairies in Killeen, County Mayo. One night, Pat Toy was coming home from visiting about 12 o'clock. When he was halfway home, he saw a woman sitting on the road and a white sheet about her. He bid her a good night and she did not answer. He bid her a good night again, and she did not answer. He wanted to know what was in it, and he walked up as far as the woman, and when he did, he found out that it was a white cow. (laughs) That's a mean name to call her. This is how your name goes down in history. (laughs) You know? The white cow? (laughs) Yeah, uh, remember when you thought you saw a fairy woman and she turned out to be a cow? I mean, that sounds like there's just alcohol involved there. But see, now, hmm. He's coming home, not necessarily from a dance this time, but he's coming home late. Says he was out visiting till 12. I'd wager that means he was out drinking in someone's house until 12. Oh, absolutely. You know, this man you're was out visiting. Sipping on, like, he was sipping on the elixir of life in that, he was, that house. The, the old the Yeah. yeah. Um, because the story just before this one, and it's also down as stories about fairies, it goes, Two men had a still down one night and it would not run. So they were making pudding. <laughs> <laughs> they heard music and they ran home. Then they came back. When they came back, again, it was running. A girl was washing fish in a stream near the same place at dusk. She heard the sweetest music that she ever heard. She had to dance in spite of herself. So evidently there's putching on the go in this community. Yeah, I wonder if like <laughs> while she was washing the fish, she was also like maybe drinking some water, but the still is like <laughs> further upstream. So oh, all, the water been, yeah. in the, <laughs> all the water in the river is just putching or... <laughs> <laughs> You do. They're all just dancing. <laughs> oh, the music, though. Yeah, that's fairy music, obviously, Kaylee now. Yeah. Um, but sure. I think in that first story now, Pat Toy might have had a few subs too many in the night. Yeah. Uh, as is his right to have, yeah. he'd mistake a white cow for a fairy woman, as it is also his right. <laughs> imagine, though, like, imagine if you were a fairy woman and you're like, whatever, chilling out in this field, and then you hear some human fellow who's like, well, how are you? How are you? Like, but I'd no, turn into a cow just to get no, away I, from him, too. I wouldn't want <laughs> I'd be like, to. Oh, like, oh, this fuck, like, fuck off. <laughs> just turn into a cow. 
He's a lad stumbling in the road in the horrors. Wanting to have he's a like absolutely you. pissed. Yeah, and you're like, ah, <laughs> these humans. Like, just leave me alone, man. <laughs> there's there's a word in Irish, and it's Ardjigai. It means under the spell of fairies. Normally from drinking putchine, and you're convinced you can do anything. Yeah, safe to say I've been Ardjigai before. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like I said, I was hunting petticoat loose. <laughs> so from Clungee County Mayo, this one's called Halloween. So I was thinking like, here's some things people used to do for Halloween. Some stuff that you could do for Halloween yourself this year. Listeners, let us know what you'd be doing for Halloween. Or if you do anything weird in your area for Halloween. Or how that happens in your end of the world. The last day of October is called Halloween. The children play many games on this day. This is one of them. It is called ducking. A basin is placed on the middle of the floor with water in it. Then apples are put into it. First someone comes over to the basin and tries to take out an apple with his mouth. When he puts his mouth on it, it sinks. Sometimes he gets wet all over trying to catch the apple. Each person takes his turn at trying. This is another game played. An apple is tied to the end of a string which is suspended from the roof or ceiling. Each person takes his turn at catching the apple. It is very difficult to do. When a person puts his mouth on the apple, it swings away from him. Yeah. Oh, I've learned from that game that getting a running start is not a good idea. No. Because when the apple swings up... It swings back down again. <laughs> I bust my lip. Same. Playing this game. Same. I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked how many kids have gotten like busted lips or black teeth, eyes teeth from out. like, yeah, swinging apples. From you're, a trying, you're trying to bite it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to a party, like a Halloween party, when I was younger at like the local center or whatever, and they mm. had like a huge string across like this hall. Just with loads of apples hanging off of it. <laughs> it was like lethal. All the kids with their hands tied behind their back trying to get this apple. Yeah, because you can't block it at all. No, your hands are behind your back. You have to block it with your face. If anyone succeeds in biting it with his teeth, it is his apple. We never got that. Hey. We only had the one apple between the lot of us. Oh, no, we had a few apples, all right. When we did the bobbing, uh, we used coins instead of apples. Sometimes we'd have coins pressed into the apples or sometimes there'd be coins down the bottom of it. And you'd be properly, you'd be waterboarding yourself just to like yeah, you would. put dirty coins in your mouth. <laughs> My cousin, I remember one year, because we were like, she was way older than the rest of us, just like stuck her head in. And I swear to God, she came up and was like smog, the dragon, just like all the coins. She got every <laughs> single one in her mouth and just bleh, <laughs> coins. <laughs> every, like there must have been like, and this is back when we were using pounds. So the coins were like thick. <laughs> weirdly shaped coins I, I think it makes it easier the, the oh definitely yeah that was disgusting <laughs> that's really nasty isn't it it'd just be coppers like you know like this is this is you horrific. can taste the like bacteria on the coins <laughs> yeah it, it says they play this game for a considerable time which i mean fair enough this is another game played three saucers are left on the table water is put in one soil in another and a ring is placed on the third each person in turn is blindfolded and puts his hand on one of the saucers. If he puts his hand on the ring, he will marry first. This is another game that's... That's it. That's the game. That's it. Find the <laughs> ring. It's, it's like the brat. There's, an, there's a lot of um, fortune-telling games that were really yeah. popular in Ireland. Some really weird ones. Well, no, this isn't fortune-telling, but it is very weird. This is another game that is played on this night. A number of boys goes into a man's cabbage garden. They pull some heads of cabbage and bring them around to every house hitting the door. They select a house where the man of the house is a bit contrary. They hit the door a few times, and then he comes out and hunts them. Sometimes he sets the dog on them, or uh, fires a shot to frighten them. What? <laughs> what? That's just going to get you killed. Imagine doing that nowadays. <laughs> oh my God. 
At times it is serious because he might throw something at them and hurt one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love that it's like, find a man who is contrary. It's like, you know for <laughs> sure which house you're going for. You know your contrary neighbors. I mean, to that end it goes, besides, no man likes to see his cabbages broken or destroyed. It's true. <laughs> My cabbages. My cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> that man's door is getting destroyed. <laughs> Uh, it is said that blackberries should not be eaten after September 29th. At least in this community. We, we kind of think of it earlier, to be honest with you. But uh, because the oh, the devil spits on him and then the puka pisses on him. There must be a reason why you shouldn't eat them, though, after that point. Like, they must go, like, rotten or something after a it's certain point. It's kind of that. With, I like, think it has, has to do with, like, the rains and then all the worms are in them and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, like the bugs, like laying eggs in them or something. Because, like, that's not... <laughs> it's just a good way to remind people not to eat them. <laughs> yeah. The people believe it is not right to throw out ashes on November's Day because they believe the ashes would smother the fairies. They do not throw out any water on that day because the fairies are about the house and they might wet them. If they were wetted, they would perhaps get vexed and steal a child or a good-looking girl and bring her with them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The um, worst kind of pests. I know, I know. They are heard and seen dancing and singing on this night. If any waters, really? uh, I think it could be no. I think it could be like November because we're on November now. It's first yeah. of November. If any water is thrown out, the people say "Sugar, sugar, ishke salach." While doing so, that's what it looks like. The kid wrote it and he was like writing it in like the traditional Irish script. I showed it to you. Yeah. And you, you said it, it might be "Puka puka, tishke salach." Yeah. Uh, it could be. I, I think that's what they used to say specifically on Halloween. Yeah. Puka I, I, I don't. Luck. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Um, again, this is like very localized. Yeah. So, you know, you're looking at it it's like one of these, like, first one is kind of like a, there's water coming out the door here now or whatever. Like, you know, you're saying there's water on the way coming out to you. And then the other, or the other you're saying like, what, puka puka, dirty water. Yeah. I'm trying to think, do we have any other Halloween games or traditions that we... Uh, just the barn brack. I think we talked about brack. it before on the podcast, mm. but it's literally like a fruit bread that we put stuff in, and if you get a slice with the thing in it, that predicts your future. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's very, like, fortune-telly type yeah. stuff. You get the ring, you're going to be married. First, yeah. Or next. The string, you're telling lies or something like that. They only put the ring in it nowadays, though. Yeah, most of them nowadays only have a ring. Like, if you buy one in the shop, it normally has just the ring in it. Um, which is kind of weird, actually. <laughs> I don't think anywhere well, else does that. They can't put the penny into it anymore, anyway. No, they can't put the penny. There also used to be a piece of cloth, and uh, there was a really weird one that was like, if you got a stick, like a little tiny stick, twig yeah. in it, that it meant that you would be in a like abusive marriage. Like, either you would be beaten by your husband, yeah. or you were the abuser. Which is <laughs> just, just wild. Imagine yeah. getting that as a child, and everyone's like, haha. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I remember doing one where, and you'd normally do it after the, it used to freak me out because I didn't like the sensation, but you'd do it after you did the bobbin for apples. So everyone was had a wet face and you'd have like a little mountain of flour on, on, a, on a plate or on the table. Yeah, I remember and this one. you'd put like a raisin or a grape or some, or, you know, a monkey nut on top of it. And you'd have to then, everyone bit by bit with the knife, cut down and out. So you're scooping off a bit every time. And if you were the person that cut it and the grape or whatever fell, you had to put your face in the flower. Yeah. And it would stick to the water, obviously. It's kind of like... Uh, you're the ghost, then, you know. It's like Jenga, but ye old yeah. Ireland. 
Jenga, but like, you know, you could coat your entire airways with flour. Yeah, it was funny because like you wouldn't waste the flour either. So even after somebody's face had been in it, you'd like bake something with it afterwards. Well, everyone got to go first, like you know. Yeah. Um, so multiple faces, and then you'd scoop it up. Many and faces, and then you'd bake some like pancakes or something. <laughs> so uh, this is a ghost story from Magoni, County Monaghan. It's a weird one. Again, I'm not sure if it's a ghost, but maybe. <laughs> it's just a weird story normally when you see a ghost. But there once lived a man whose name was Tom Connor. He was a groom or horsebreaker and a well-liked man. He got a good deal of work from the gentry around and lived comfortably with his wife and two children. Now, one night in the latter end of spring, a brown cat came mewing to the door and they took her in as they had no cat of their own. She stayed with them till the nights were long and cold and the snow fell. Time and again, the wife complained to Tom, saying she thought the cat wasn't right. Only for the way she minds the children from the fire, I'd run her from the, about the house, says she. Wait, so the cat used to stop the kids from going into the fire? That's handy. Tom was a good-natured sort of man, and he told his wife to have patience with her, as all cats were queer. So it passed till one morning the wife asked Tom to take the children's for boots to go into town for them. So Tom took their measure with a switch, and then he asked his wife, would he bring her a pair? And she said, you may. The cat sat on her hunches, listening. At last, she called, Mulroy, real loud that frightened Tom and his wife. Tom, says the cat, are you not going to bring me a pair also? I travelling in <laughs> wet and snow and this the way I am paid for it now. Musha, says Tom, I intended bringing you a pair, only I thought it would insult you. Hold your paw up till I take your measure. Tom got a piece of paper and a scissors. The cat held up her paw till he took the measure. Now, Tom, says the cat, leave me good room and I would like nice laced ones that would go up my leg well because I'll be off and out in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom departed. Tom had a brother called Jim and he decides to go to him. Now this brother kept a pack of hounds and when Tom told his story, it says Jim, pretend you got no boots in town to fit her and that you must take her town to get the right fit. We'll meet you halfway tomorrow and give the devil a chase. Tom went home and told the story to the cat. And how the devil am I going to get into town, says she. Can't I put you in a bag and carry you on my back and no one will know what I have in the bag. Won't that be grand, says she. Away they started the next day at the appointed time, 12 o'clock. When they came to the place, here comes a lot of huntsmen meeting them. My fine fellow, says the huntsman, what is that you have in the bag? Tom, on your soul don't tell him, says the cat in the bag. Tis a hint, you know, says Tom, that I'm talking to a friend. My fine fellow, says the huntsman, I think tis a hare you have. Open the bag and let me see. Tom, whispered the cat, don't attempt it. At last the huntsman grabbed the bag and shook out the cat. Away with the cat and the hounds and there was never such a chase before or since. No, not the poor cat. Oh. The cat made for a little house at the bottom of the hill and got in on the window. But by that time, the hounds had come up and tore the hip of the cat. <gasps> no! So when the huntsman came and broke the door open, there was an old woman with her hip torn off. So that was the end of Tom Connor's cat. Aww. I thought this was going to be like a Jeff the Mongoose story where they just had this talking cat. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. It's one of those abrupt endings. Um, yeah. Again. I don't think Tom Connor's cat was ever actually a cat. <laughs> no, not by the sounds of it. <laughs> I think it was a witch. <laughs> Makes me wonder if Jeff the Mongoose was a witch. Maybe, maybe, actually. That's wild. <laughs> I like that he was full on just going to get this cat some shoes. Like He was. No and questions then, asked. Then his brother was like, I have some dogs. Bring them along and we'll chase the cat. And then some actual awful huntsmen came and like yeah. viciously ch chased the cat. 
Yeah, I also like that the cat had style too. You know, it was specific about the shoes. I want, I want lace ups, thanks. Uh, <laughs> also, you know, I'm walking in in the cold the whole time. Laced up, knee height cat boots. The cat is cat getting new rocks. <laughs> is this like a Puss in Boots origin story? It could well be, couldn't it? Poor Tom Connor and his cat. <laughs> so that's the the selection of stories for today. Um, I always enjoy looking at the folklore ones. Yeah, that was fun. They're, I like that. They're they're wild. A lot of the time, they just say they just group things as ghost stories, and in reality, they're just kind of slightly odd stories. Yeah. What was what was your favorite, Kaylee, of the ones that we 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 had? I mean, I love Petticoat Loose, but that was obvious mm. beforehand. Yes. Uh, I absolutely love the pig, the black yeah. pig that just black like pig. wrecks people's cars and <laughs> bus, busts their windows. That was great. Yeah. I like one. to think because like the pig, you know, like the guy was going to the priest to get. You know, because somebody was dying. Yeah. And then the pig showed up afterwards. Like, I like to think that whoever was dying was angry that the priest didn't make it there before they passed and just, like, appeared yeah. as a pig and absolutely wrecked his vehicle. That, that could have been it. Yeah. <laughs> Biting the ankle of a, of a, a horse. Yeah, oh, the poor horse, actually. Yeah, no, <laughs> I forgot yeah. about the horse. That was my favorite, definitely. What was your favorite? Uh, I kind of had a laugh when I was reading him about your man going out and then getting close and it turns out it was a cow. <laughs> That's not paranormal, though. It's not paranormal <laughs> at all, no. Um, yeah. No, par- paranormal-wise, oh, I like the one with the uh, with the cockroach. I just thought, like, it was just so horrific what happened. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, and, and it's such a, it's such a, like, it's so operatic, this idea of, like, you come in through the door and you see your own coffin. Yeah. It's like, what was the moral of that story either, you know? like don't, I don't know. Don't, don't like put, if the cockroach's being annoying, don't <laughs> cover its head or whatever. Yeah, don't put it under a pot. Yeah, it's a weird... It's a, Normally there's like a, a lesson to be learned in these tales, but that one's just straight up like, don't be a dick to your <laughs> animals. Know, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> Even though it was indoors there. and safe. It was <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong with that. Haunted, haunted chicken. Did you find that? <laughs> no, I don't have any. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just loving a haunted chicken. That's all we have time for this week. If you like the podcast, suggest us to your friends and family. We'd appreciate that. If you have any personal ghost stories that you'd like us to read on the podcast, send them in to us at paranormalhotlinepodcast at gmail.com or if you have any stories that you'd like us to cover send us an email about them or shoot us a message on any of our social media and we'll get back to you about it thanks for listening bye bye